Ishraya, and let's read Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone together. So in the last episode, we read chapter 3, The Letters from No One. In this episode, we will be reading chapter 4, The Keeper of Keys. Let's read chapter 4, The Keeper of Keys. Boom. They knocked again. Dudley jerked awake. Where's the cannon? He said stupidly. There was a crash behind them, and Uncle Vernon came into the room. He was holding a rifle in his hands. Now they knew what had been in the long, thin package he had brought with them. Who's there? He shouted. I warn you, I'm armed. There was a pause. Then, smash. The door was hit with such a force that it swung clean off its hinges and with a deafening crash landed flat on the floor. A giant of a man was standing in the doorway. His face was almost completely hidden by his long, shaggy mane of hair and a wild, tangled beard. But you could make out his eyes glinting like black beetles under all the hair. The giant squeezed his way into the hut, stooping so his head just brushed the ceiling. He bent down, picked up the door, and fitted it easily back into its frame. The noise of all the storm outside dropped a little. He turned to look at them all. Couldn't make us a cup of tea, could ya? It's not been an easy journey. He strode over to the sofa where Dudley sat frozen with fear. Budge up, your great lump, said the stranger. Dudley squeaked and ran to hide behind his mother, who was crouching, terrified, behind Uncle Vernon. Ah, here's Harry, said the giant. Harry looked up into the fierce, wild, shadowy face and saw that the beetle eyes were crinkled in a smile. Last time I saw you, you only a baby, said the giant. You look a lot like your dad, but you have you got your mum's eyes. Uncle Vernon made a funny rasping noise. I demand you to leave at once, sir, he said. You are breaking and entering. Ah, shut up, Dursley, a great prune, said the giant. He reached over the back of the sofa, jerked the gun out of Uncle Vernon's hands bent it into a knot as easily as if it had been made of rubber and threw it in the corner of the room. Uncle Vernon made another funny noise like a mouse being trotted on. Anyway, Harry, said the giant turning his back on the Dursleys, a very happy birthday to ya. Got some it for ya here. I might have sight out at some point, but it'll taste all right. From an inside pocket of his black overcoat, he pulled a slightly squashed box. Harry opened it with trembling fingers. Inside was a large, sticky chocolate cake, which Happy Birthday Harry, written on it, with green icing. Harry looked up at the giant. He meant to say thank you, but his words got lost on his way to the mouth, and what he said instead was, Who are you? The giant chuckled. True, I haven't introduced myself. Rubius Hagrid, keeper of keys and grounds at Hogwarts.
he held out an enormous hand and shook Harry's whole arm. What about that tea then, huh? He said, rubbing his hands together. I'd not say no to something stronger if you've got it. Mind. His eyes fell on the empty grate with the shriveled crisp packets in it, and he snorted. He bent down over the fireplace. They couldn't see what he was doing, but it, when he drew back a second later, there was roaring fire there. It filled the whole damp hut with flickering light, and Harry felt the warmth wash over him as though he'd sunk into a hot bath. The giant sat back down on the sofa, which sagged under his weight, and he began taking all sorts of things out of his pockets. His coat, a copper kettle, a squashy packet of sausages, a poker, a teapot, several chipped mugs, and a bottle of some amber liquid, which he took a swig bef and before starting to make tea. Soon the hut was full of the sound and smell of sizzling sausages. Nobody said a thing while the giant was working, but he slid the first six fat, juicy, slightly burned sausages from the poker. Dudley fidgeted a little, uncovering and said sharply, Don't touch anything he gives you, Dudley. The giant chuckled darkly. Your great pudding of a son don't need frettin' any more, Dudley. Don't worry. He passed the sausages to Harry, who was so hungry he couldn't, had never tasted anything so wonderful. But he still couldn't take his eyes off the giant. Finally, as nobody seemed about to explain anything, he said, I'm sorry, but I still really don't know who you are. The giant took a gulp of tea and widened his mouth with the back of his hand. Call me Hagrid. He says, everyone does. And like I told you, I'm the keeper of keys at Hogwarts. You'll know all about Hogwarts, of course. Uh, no, said Harry. Hagrid looked in shock. Sorry, Harry said quickly. Sorry? barked Hagrid, turning to stare at the Dursleys, who shrank back into the shadows. It's them who should be sorry. I know you won't get in your letters, but I never thought yet wouldn't even know about Hogwarts for crying out loud. Did you never wonder where your parents learned it all, or what? said Harry. All what? Hagrid thundered. Now what just one second? He had leapt to his feet. In his anger, he seemed to fill the whole hut. The Dursleys were cowering against the wall. Do you mean to tell me, he growled at the Dursleys, that this boy, this boy, knows nothing about his parents, nothing? Harry thought this was going a bit far. He had been to school after all, and his marks weren't bad. I know some things, he said. I can... You know, do mats and stuff. But Hagrid simply waved his hands and said, About our world, I mean your world, my world, your parents' world. What world? Hagrid looked as if he was about to explode. Dursley! He boomed. Uncle Vernon, who had gone very pale, whispered something that sounded like Mibblewimble. Hagrid stared widely at Harry. But you must know you, about your mum and dad. He said, I mean, they're famous. You're famous. What? My mom and dad. And weren't famous, were they? Yeah, don't know. Yeah, don't know. Hagrid ran his fingers 
through his hair, fixing Harry with a bewildered stare. You don't know what you are, he said finally. Uncle Vernon suddenly found his voice. Stop, he commanded. Stop right there, sir. I forbid you to tell the boy anything. The braver man than Vernon Dursley would have fallen under the furious look Hagrid now gave him. When Hagrid spoke, his every syllable trembled with rage. You never told him. Never told him what was in the letter Dumbledore left him. I was there. I saw Dumbledore leave it Dursley. And you've been keeping him all these years. Kept what from me? Stop. I forbid you, said Uncle Vernon. In a panic, Aunt Petunia gave a gasp of horror. I go boil your heads both of you, said Hagrid. Harry, you wizard. There was a silence inside the hut. Only the sea and the whistling wind could be heard. I'm a what? gasped Harry. A wizard, of course, said Hagrid, sitting back down on the sofa, which groaned and sank even lower. And a thumping gurun. I'd say, once you've tr been trained a bit, with your mum and dad like yours, what else would you be? And I reckon it's about time you read your letter. Harry stretched out his hand at last to take the yellowish envelope addressed in emerald green to Mr. H. Potter. The floor, hut on the rock, the sea. He pulled out the letter and read, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, Headmaster Albus Dumbledore, Order of Merlin, First Class, Grand Sorcerer, Chief Warlock, Supreme Mugwump, International Confed of Wizards. Dear Mr. Potter, we are pleased to inform you that you have a place at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Please find enclosed a list of all necessary books and equipment. Tales begin on 1st September. We await your owl by no later than 31st July. Yours sincerely, Minerva McGonagall, Deputy Headmistress. Questions exploded inside Harry's head like fireworks, and he couldn't decide which to ask first. After a few minutes, he stammered, what does it mean? They await my owl. Galloping ga gorgons, that reminds me, said Hagrid, clapping a hand to his forehead with enough force to knock over a cart horse. And from yet another pocket inside his coat, he pulled an owl, a real, live, rather ruffled-looking owl, a long quill, and a roll of parchment. With his tongue beneath his teeth, he scribbled a note which Harry could read upside down. Dear Mr. Dumbledore, given Harry's letter, taking him to buy the things tomorrow. Weather's horrible. Hope you're well. Hagrid. Hagrid rolled up the note, gave it to the owl, which clamped it in its beak, went to the door, and threw the owl out into the storm. Then he came back and sat down as though it was normal as talking on a telephone. Harry realized his mouth was open and closed it quickly. Where was I? said Hagrid. By the moment, Uncle Vernon, still ashen-faced, but looking very angry, moved into the firelight. He's not going, he said. Hagrid grunted. I'd like to see a great muggle like you stop him, he said. A what? said Harry, interested. A muggle, said Harry. It's what we call non-magic folk, like them. And it's your bad luck you grow in the family. Uh, the biggest muggles I've ever laid eyes on. 
We swore when we took him in we'd stop all that rubbish, said Uncle Vernon. Swore we'd stamp it out of him. Wizard indeed. You knew, said Harry. You knew I was a wizard. Knew, shrieked Aunt Petunia. Suddenly, knew, of course we knew. How could you not be? My dratted sister being what she was? Oh, she got a letter just like you and disappeared off to that, that school, and came home every holiday with her pocket full of frog spawn, turning teacups into rats. I was the only one who saw her what she was, a freak. But for my mother and father, oh no, it was Lily this and Lily that. They were so proud of having a witch in the family. She stopped to draw a deep breath and then went ranting on. It seemed like she had been waiting to say this for years. Then she met Potter at the school and they left and got married. And how do you? Of course, I knew you'd just be the same, just as strange and just as abnormal. And then if you please, she went and got herself blown up and we got landed with you. Harry had gone very white. As soon as he found his voice, he said, blown up. You told me they died in a car crash. Car crash? Roared Hagrid, jumping up so angrily that the Jersleys scuttled back into the corner. How could a car crash kill Lily and James Potter? It's an outrage, a scandal. Harry Potter, not knowing his own story, when every kid in our world knows his name. But why? What happened? Had Harry said urgently. The anger faded from Hagrid's face. He looked suddenly anxious. I never expected this, he said in a low, worried face. I had no idea. When Livodo told me there might be trouble getting hold of you, how much you didn't know. Ah, uh, Harry, I don't know if I'm the right person to tell you, but someone's got to. Yeah, can't go to Hogwarts not knowing. He threw a dirty look at the Dursleys. Well, it's best for you to know as much as I can tell you. Mind, I can't tell you everything. It's the greatest mystery. Parts of it. He sat down, started into the fire for a few seconds, and then said, It begins, I suppose, with with a person called. But it's incredible you don't know his name. Everyone in the world knows. Who? Who? Well, I don't like saying its name. If I can help it, no one does. Why not? Gulping gargles, Harry people are still scared. Blimey, this is difficult. See, there was a wizard who went bad. As bad as you can go. Worse. Worse than worse. His name was... Harry gulped, but no words came out. Could you write it down? Said Harry. Nah, can't spell it. All right. Voldemort. Harry shuddered. Don't make me say it again. Anyways, this, this wizard, about 20 years ago, started looking for followers, got him too, because they were afraid, just wanted to have some of his power, because he didn't get himself power all right, dark days, Harry, didn't know who you would trust, didn't dare get friendly with strange witches or witch wizards, terrible things happened, he was talking over, of course, Sam stood up to him, and he killed him, horribly, one of the safe places left was Hogwarts. Reckon Dumbledore's the only one who you know who was afraid of. Didn't dare try and take him to school. Not just then, anyway. Now your mum and dad were good witches and wizards. 
as I ever knew, head boy and girl at Hogwarts in their day. Suppose the mystery is why you know who never tried to get him on the side before. Probably knew they were too close to Dumbledore to want anything to do with the dark side. Maybe he thought he could persuade them. Maybe he just wanted them out of the way. Anyway, I know is he turned up in the village where y'all was living. On Halloween, ten years ago, you just yelled. He came to your house and, and Hagrid suddenly pulled out a very dirty spotted handkerchief and blew his nose with sound like a foregone. Sorry, he said, but it's that sad, you know, your mum and dad are nice people. Yet couldn't find anywhere. You know who killed him. And then, and this is the real mystery of the thing. He tried to kill you too. Wanted to make a clean job of it. I suppose, or maybe he just didn't like, liked killing by then. But he couldn't do it. Never wondered how you got the mark on your forehead. That's not ordinary cut. But that's what you, you get when your pa a powerful evil curse touches you. Took care of your mum and dad and your house even. Put a new work on you. And that's why you're famous, Harry. No one lived after he decided to kill him. No one except you. And he killed some of the best witches and wizards of the age. Like the McKinnons, the Bones, the Prewets. And you were only a baby. And you live. Something very painful was going on in Harry's mind. As Hagrid's story came to a close, he saw again the blinding flash of green light more clearly than he had ever remembered it before. And he remembered something else for the first time in his life. A high, cold, cruel laugh. Hagrid was watching him sadly. Took you from the ruined house myself. On Dumbledore's orders, brought you to this lot. Loads of old tosh. Uncle Vernon and Harry jumped. He had almost forgotten that dresses were there. Uncle Vernon certainly seemed to have got back his courage. He was now glaring at Hagrid, and his fists were clenched. Now you listen here, boy. He said, I accept there's something strange about you. Probably nothing a good beating would have cured. And as for all this about your parents, well, they were weirdos, no denying it. And the world's better off without them, in my opinion. As for all they got, getting mixed up with these wizarding types. Just what I expected. Always knew they'd come to a sticky end. But at that moment, Hagrid leapt from his sofa and drew a battered pink umbrella from his coat. Pointing at this at a Uncle Vernon like a sword, he said, I'm warning you, Dursley. I'm warning you. One more word. In danger of being speared, on the end of an umbrella by the bearded giant, Uncle Vernon's courage failed again. He flattened himself against the wall and felt silent. That's better, said Hagrid, breathing heavily and sitting back down on the sofa, which this time sagged right down to the floor. Harry, meanwhile, still had questions to ask, hundreds of them. But what happened to Vol? Sorry, I mean, you know who? Good question, Harry. Disappeared, vanished. Some night, same night, he tried to kill you, make you even more famous. That's the biggest mystery, see. He was getting more and more powerful. Why'd you go? Some say he died. Cold swallow up, in my opinion. Don't know if he had 
enough human left in him to die. Some say he's still out there biding his time, like, but I don't believe it. People who was on his side came back to ours. Some of them came out of kind of trances. Don't reckon they could have done if he was coming back. Most of us reckon he's still out there somewhere, but lost his powers. Too weak to carry on. Because something about you finished him, Harry. There was something going on that night he hadn't counted on. I don't know what it was. No one does, but something about you stumped him all right. Harry looked at Harry with warmth and respect blazing in his eyes, but Harry insisted of feeling pleased and proud. Felt quite sure there had been a horrible mistake. A wizard? Him? How could he possibly be? He spent his life being clouded by Dirdley and bullied by Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon. If he was a real wizard, why hadn't he had been turned into warty toads every time they tried to lock him in his cupboard? If he'd once defeated the greatest sorcerer in the world, how come Dudley's always been able to kick him like a football? Hagrid, he said quietly, I think you have, must have had a mistake. I don't think I can be a wizard. To his surprise, Hagrid chuckled. <laughs> Not a wizard, eh? Never made things happen when you were scared or angry. Harry looked in the fire. Now he came to think about it. Every odd thing that he ever made his aunt and uncle furious was him had happened when he, Harry, had been upset or hungry. Chased by Dudley's gun, he had somehow found himself out of their reach. Didn't he go to school with his ridiculous haircut? He managed to make it grow back. And the very last time Dudley had hit him, hadn't he got his revenge without realizing he didn't? Had the bow construction on him? Harry looked back at Hagrid, smiling, and saw Hagrid was positively beaming at him. See? said Hagrid. Harry Potter not a wizard? You wait. You'll be famous at Hogwarts. But Uncle Vernon wasn't going to live in without a fight. Haven't I told you he's not going? He hissed. He's going to Stanwell High, and he'll be grateful for it. I've read those letters, and he needs to sort out rubbish spellbooks and wands. If he wants to go, a great mother like you won't stop him, growled Harry. Stop Lily and James Potter son from going to Hogwarts. You're mad. His name has been down ever since he was born. He's off to the finest school of witchcraft and wizardry in the world. Seven years there, and he won't know himself. He'll be the younger stirs of his own sort. But change, and he'll be the under the greatest headmaster Hogwarts ever Albus stumbled. I'm not paying for some crackpot old fool to teach him magic tricks. Yet, Uncle Vernon, but he had finally gone too far. Hagrid seized his umbrella and whirled it over his Never, he thundered. Insult, Albus Dumbledore, in front of me. He brought the umbrella, swishing down the air to point at Dudley. There was a flash of violet light. A sound like a firecrack, a sharp squeal, and next second Dudley was dancing on the spot with his hands clasped over his fat bottom, howling in pain. When he turned back on them, Harry saw Curly Pig's tail poking through the hole in his trousers. Uncle Vernon roared, pulling on Petunia and Dudley into the other room. He cast one terrified look at Hagrid and slammed the door behind him. 
Hagrid looked down at his umbrella and stroked his beard. I shouldn't lost my temper, he said rudely, but I did, it didn't work anyway. I meant to turn him into a pig, but I suppose he was much like a pig anyway. There wasn't much left to do. He cast a sideways look at Harry under his bushy eyebrows. Be grateful if you didn't mention that to anyone at Hogwarts, he said. I'm uh, not supposed to do magic. Strictly speaking, I was allowed to do a bit to follow you and get your letters to you and stuff. Only one reason I was so keen on taking the job. Why aren't you supposed to do magic? Oh, well, I was at Hogwarts myself, but I, I got expelled, to tell you the truth, in my third year. They snapped my wound in half and everything. But Dumbledore let me stay as gamekeeper. Great man, Dumbledore. Why were you expelled? It's getting late and we got lots to do tomorrow, said Hagrid loudly. Gotta get up to town, get your old books and that. He took off his thick black coat and threw it to Harry. You can keep that under that, he said. Don't mind if it wriggles a bit. I still think got a couple of dorm mice in one of the pockets. Thank you so much for listening to me read chapter four, The Keeper of Keys, from Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. In the next episode, we will be reading chapter five, Diagon Alley. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye!